Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. To our channel. It feels like it's been forever. <laughs> it doesn't it? For the first time in forever. Don't. <laughs> anyway, well, welcome back. We said that already, but we're excited to be recording. And today we are going to... Guess where we're going, everybody. Tyler, guess where we're going. Mm, if I had to guess, it's really hot and swampy and humid. And, and my hair looks shitty whenever I go there. The devil was born there. You. <laughs> I was going to say, are you referring to um, no, Casey Anthony? No, not Casey Anthony. Just you. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about Aileen Warnos. So special shout out to... Um, one of my friends from high school, Jenny, she recommended this case, and she said she would love to hear us discuss Alien Warno's case. She hasn't seen the movie Monster, but she finds the story very interesting, and she thinks we would give an entertaining take on the discussion. Don't well, we always? Hopefully, we deliver, Jenny, so thanks again. Thanks, Jenny. And also, Jenny made that comment through our website, femfoulplay.com, so here's an example of someone who left a comment for us, and here we are. We're doing God's work, y'all. Okay? We are. Bless our souls. Bless our souls. Okay. So, you know the usual spiel. Go ahead and find us on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. And please, 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 please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be so exciting Mm -hmm. for us. We love seeing our reviews. It makes us really happy that people are enjoying what we're doing. And, of course, you can always follow us. On Instagram, and our handle is femfoulplay, and that's all together. Yay. Okay, so like we said, we're talking about Aileen Warnos today. She's undoubtedly one of the most famous female serial killers, like, in the world. Um, and they made a movie about her. I've seen the movie. Tabitha, have you seen the movie? I haven't yet. Okay, It's well, on my list, Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I saw it a long time ago, so, because, yeah, what, how old? That was a long time ago. You watched Monster in 2003 when it came out. I We were, like, in sixth grade. Don't... You know that, like, I watched a lot of silly bad things that I shouldn't have watched. I I read a lot of bad books. (laughs) I read uh, American Psycho around that time. Oh, did you? Well, not in the sixth grade, but, like, it was, like, that age. Like, middle school age. That's kind of, like, a really intense time. I know. I know. But, like... It I read was, it in college and I thought it was intense. No, yeah, it was fucking gross. I don't. I didn't even finish it because I was so like freaked upset. Out. Yeah, but um, but I anyway. accidentally bought a book in sixth grade about these two lesbians. And <laughs> I didn't know it was about lesbians. I read a book. It's actually one of my favorite books still to this day. This is so off topic. Sorry, but guys. we're I I'm gonna promote this book. It's called Peter, and it's like a young adult novel, and it is about. It's about a young boy, like, discovering he's gay. And I'll never... I That book, like, stuck with me for so long. And it's so good. But anyway, back to what we were saying. It's funny, though, because this... There is gay... There's LGBT stuff in this story, so... Yeah, let's so see. Look, we made, a, we made a little, a yeah, little baby connection. We did. So, anyway, um, we said we're in Florida, again. obviously, again. Kind of all over the country, um, as most serial killers like to be, but mainly Florida. Yeah. And um, so the wine we <laughs> were supposed to drink is was called Troublemaker Red Blend, and we accidentally just drank it last night. 
So we, we got ahead of ourselves. We got a little ahead of ourselves. So Tabitha, real quick, tell them kind of what this wine was like. All right. Well, Troublemaker, first of all, the label, we picked it because it looks like there's a gunshot through yes. the label, which is very related to our story. I'm oh, sorry. We're just, somebody just messaged me and I'm excited. <laughs> Boys. Boys. And anyway, so Troublemaker, it's a red blend and it has a broad aroma of plum. Oh, shit. Oh, what? Oh, 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 lolly berry. Oh. What the fuck is okay. that? Oh, lolly berry, whatever that is, and dried cherry mix with vanilla, dill, and herbs de Provence on the nose. Ugh. The creamy palate conveys That's the boy- spice in your spice rack that you never use. That's what <laughs> exactly. I've never used. What? It, well, I guess now we need to use it in. Wine. I guess yeah, they use it in wine. The creamy palate conveys boysenberry and blackberry oh, seasoned boysenberry. by lavender and white pepper. It was mm. delicious, from what I recall. Oh, and, yeah. We'll talk about it at the end. But, yes. yeah, no, it was good. It received um, 90 points on the Wine Enthusiast rating scale, which is pretty high. So, Great. Yeah. Quick disclaimer. You guys know we're not professionals. All opinions are our own. We're going to make fun of laughing things that we should. Make fun of laughing things? <laughs> make fun of and laughing things that we shouldn't. So, if you don't like it, just get lost. Just kidding. Please listen. So <laughs> No, please yeah, so let's introduce where the story starts and who we'll talk about today. We, you already know who we're talking about, but Tabitha, take it away. Okay, so today we are talking about Miss Crazy Ass Aileen. Girl. Yes. So as we talked about, many of you may be familiar with it because of the 2003 film Monster, right. where she was portrayed by Charlize Theron, and she won an award for this. Yeah. And um, even though Charlize looked really shitty for this role because she had to, she was still doing Aileen justice because <laughs> that woman literally um, yeah. looks like a monster. It's like, it's like sad though because like I feel like when she was young, she just looks like Aileen looked like she had she a very like rough, she, yeah, rough life. She looked like she worked really hard okay. on the side of the road. You are being an <laughs> asshole. No, she did have a really she, she did had a like hard she, life. She went yeah. she went through a lot of moments. She did, but yeah, but yeah. She um, forgot to condition. But her yeah, hair. but yeah, but yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck? I'm like a little, little rapido gal today. Uh, <laughs> rapido gal. It's from Buffy. She says she's a rapido gal one day. Get out of here with that shit. No, already. I don't hate on it. You can't. Anyway. Okay, wait. I was gonna say something important. Oh, yeah, but. I love how Charlize yeah, Theron like, still <laughs> shut up. Still looks beautiful. Well, Even, I mean they make her look real bad, but <laughs> she, I'm like she's still Charlize Theron. <laughs> so anyway, just a little side note. I was I don't know what I was listening to the other day, but it was talking about like women serial killers and how they're so rare. Um, oh. because you know in like societal norms, men project violence mm-hmm. onto others while women are like more likely to turn that violence like on themselves because mm-hmm. they just don't want to hurt other people so i don't know it's just very interesting the psychology behind it all it so tabitha is going to read you a quote uh from psychology today which i found very interesting yes so, quote as late as 1998 roy hazelwood of the fbi was quoted at a conference as saying quote there are no females so you're <laughs> Serial killer. You're doing Roy a disjustice fucking up his quote. Sorry. But yeah, so, and, you know, obviously, I think female serial killer, seri- Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> they kill uh-huh. for like profit and power, which is like it makes sense. It kind of makes sense, yeah. So anyway, so back to Ms. Eileen. She was born um, on February 29th, 1956. That old bitch in Rochester. <laughs> I'm just kidding. In Rochester, Michigan. According to reports, Aileen grew up in less than ideal situation, as we have briefly covered. Right. So her parents were Diane and Leo, and Leo enlisted in the army to avoid petty theft charges. What a winner. Yeah, and so basically he, like, left the family to enlist in the army, and then ten years later, mm-hmm. he raped a seven-year-old girl. Really great. Nice. And then, rightfully so, he hung himself in prison in 1969. So, Aileen never really knew her dad. Oh, thank God. Yeah. So, um, Diane, her mother, fled. And seven months later, gave birth to Aileen. But she never, as we discussed, met her dad. Um, Her mom abandoned Aileen and her brother, Keith, uh, with their grandparents. And she never reclaimed them. So, she just bounced. Yeah. So, Lowry and Britta were the grandparents. Interesting. And Lowry was a hard drinker. He was very strict. He would spank them with a belt, like, with their pants down. Like, that's a whole nother level of the giving someone the belt. And Aileen's grandmother was allegedly an alcoholic. I'm sure she was. Um, So, obviously, that was... Who isn't? Yeah, who isn't? Um, (laughs) Obviously, that was not a very good combo. So... Yeah, it just... It's not yeah. looking so good for Aileen so far. No. So, um, she was um, said to have very angelic looks uh, as, when she yeah, was younger. She had these nice brown eyes and beautiful blonde hair. So, if you have blonde hair, you're obviously an angel. Obviously. How- Speaking from an angel right now sitting in this room. <laughs> That's interesting. You I say am that. a beautiful blonde angel. I'm about to say next. So, <laughs> even though she had these angelic looks on the outside, she had a crazy explosive temper, um, and she blew up, you know, without even being provoked. And other children were scared of her, just like kids were scared of Marielle <laughs> growing up. They were not. No one was scared of me growing up, unless they were on the soccer field. Oh. <laughs> Anyway. Burn! So, oh, want some ice for that burn, honey? <laughs> so, Aileen would state later that she was sexually abused. How come I'm reading all the bad sexual parts? Sexual relations with know. her brother, Blah. who died of throat cancer. Just a side note. Maybe he was giving too much head. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to hell. You're going to be right there with Aileen. <laughs> she also became pregnant in her early teen years. And she gave up the baby for adoption and also was forced to live in the woods because her grandparents kicked her out. Cool. Nice people. Kind of yeah. kind of people you want to raise your kid. Well, she, she might have been a lot to handle. That well, yeah, too. but still, come on. She eventually left her life in Michigan and made her way to Florida via hitchhiking and became a sex worker to make some cash money. So... Going back to that colorful, lawless swamp that apparently we love to keep visiting. Yeah. Aileen met a wealthy, much older yachtsman named Louis Fell. Yachtsman. He's a yachtsman. He's a yachtsman. What a nice career to be like. Yeah, like I'm a yachtsman. Fast money, right? Fast money, right? And the two married in 1976. However, Fell annulled the marriage shortly after because Aileen had been arrested 
this is, you know, her rap sheet at this point is pretty yeah. long. It's all, like, small things, though, like, petty theft and things like that. Like, nothing that crazy yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she also allegedly... I shouldn't laugh. Used to beat him <laughs> with his walking cane if he didn't give her money. So that's a really fun fact. That sounds a lot like you and your husband's relationship. <laughs> exactly. Just kidding. So shortly after that, Aileen met. Now we, I, I don't know how exactly to say her name. Her name's T Y R I A Tyria. Tyria. But we're just gonna call her Ty. So. Aileen met Ty at a biker bar, and this is a woman, so sparks went a-flying. Off those leather jackets. Yes, they were, they're and studded belt, leather jackets. And their boot buckles. Their boot buckles. <laughs> their big belt buckles that say tattooed and employed. <laughs> I saw someone wearing that the other day. What? Yeah, it was my... It was my waitress at a restaurant. No. I was like, girl. Were you in Wilmington? Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) If you saw that here, I would have died. No, no, no. So, Um. yeah. Aileen considered Ty to be her wife. um, And Aileen was the more dominant one. I'm not surprised by that little fact at all. So, between 1987 and 1988, she was questioned by police at least three times for hitting a man with a beer bottle. (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing. Vandalizing her apartment along with Ty and making threatening phone calls to a supermarket. Right. So that was just like a couple examples of like just, you know, she still, Aileen still was like on her little crime spree and like. Do you think she got bruised produce? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I don't know what, I'm trying to think like what would a, what would a supermarket do for you to have to make threatening phone? Well, that kind of happened to me once when, um. I got bad one. Well, it wasn't really bad. I just didn't like it. I pretended it was bad because I'm a terrible person. I like brought it back and I was like complaining, but it wasn't really like the story at all. But I, don't I, know. Know. <laughs> I was like, that would be one reason to complain if they like gave you bad wine. Well, like that time that happened to us. Yeah, remember? but remember you threw away the receipt. And we I know. Well, I also had to walk eight miles. And to it get wasn't to the even house. a cheap wine. Yeah. Either. Okay. Anyway, we digress. Sorry. All right, so now we're going to head into the timeline of her little murder spree. Can't wait. So from 1989 through late 1990, the bodies of seven middle-aged white men were discovered in central Florida. The assailant had robbed all the victims before shooting them to death and stealing their cars. Cute. Mm -hmm. So victim number one, Richard Mallory. He was a shop owner in 1989 who's a 51-year-old white man who picked up a prostitute, Aileen, mm-hmm. along I-75 in Florida to engage in sex for pay. He tried to rape Aileen, which Marielle, I didn't even know this, but do you want to tell them what happened to the movie? Oh, no. No? Well, just, I, like I said, I saw the movie a really long time ago, and this is, like, one of the scenes I, like, remember the most is, like, I remember this, and then I remember a scene, like, at the end. Or, no, there's a scene where they're, like, falling in love and, like, roller skating at the roller rink roller rink not at the biker bar not at the biker bar um but anyway yeah it's just like pretty brutal and like i i totally believe that this is what happened to her that he did try to attack her and take advantage of her and she fought with her she fought to the death basically you know what i'm saying so she just happened to win that one she did so um 
They discovered his body several miles away from his abandoned car, and he had been shot multiple times in the chest. So, obviously, like, she gained the upper hand, I think, in the situation mm-hmm. and somehow got his gun or had her own gun, whatever, and, yeah, she killed him. So. Yep. Victim number two, David Spears. The nude body of David Spears, who is a 43-year-old construction worker, was found on June 1st, 1990 in Citrus County. He had been shot six times in the torso. Damn, she just, like, unloads on him. I know, and she's close to them, too. It's not yeah. like she's far. And then we have Charles Karskadden. So a few days after Spears' body was discovered, the body of Charles was, he was 40, was discovered in Pasco County. So he was a part-time rodeo worker, and he'd been shot nine times Ooh. in the chest and stomach. Also, we'll, we'll say, too, that she was robbing all of these men, too. So, like, they would be found, like, without their wallet. Yeah. You know, their valuable. And she was stealing all their cars. Yes. Ugh. Okay. Next is Troy Burris. This one really, like, threw me for a spin. Um, he was a Marion County law enforcement. Jeez. Oh, nope. That's the one I was talking about. What? <laughs> no. Marion County law enforcement found the body of Troy Burris. What just happened? A 50-year-old salesman. I thought it was the other guy that's coming up next. Oh, okay. was law enforcement. My bad, guys. Well, yeah, okay. He was, this guy was a 50-year-old salesman, and on August 4th, 1990, less than a week after he was reported missing, um, the body was fairly decomposed, ew, and the medical examiner was able to determine that the cause of death was two gunshots to the torso. Okay, so, so she only shot him twice. Yeah. Well, okay. She didn't have time to keep unloading. Do you want to talk about Charles Humphreys since it affected you so much? Yes. This is the next guy. Charles Dick Humphreys, who was a retired Air Force major. Like, Jesus Christ. Police chief and Florida child abuse investigator. How the hell do you kill this guy? Anyways, Dick Humphreys was found dead in Marion County. That's why I got confused with the other one. Mm. On September 12th, 1990, the body was fully clothed and had suffered multiple gunshots to the head and torso. Oof. Humphreys' car was later found in Suwannee County. And then we have Peter Siams. He is 65 years old, and he was headed to New Jersey um, in June of 1990, and his car was found in Orange Springs on July 4th. Um, although his body has never been found, witnesses described two women near the car in Orange Springs. So um, there's one more person that she murdered, but this was kind of what led to their undoing was a witness seeing mm-hmm. her by Peter's car and Ty. with Ty. Yeah. So lastly, we have Walter Antonio. Um, the partially disrobed body of Walter Antonio, who is 62, was found November 19, 1990, in a remote part of Dixie County. He had been shot four times in the back and head. Ooh. Antonio's car was found five days later in Brevard County. Oh, yeah. That so, is a lot. so the capture. So, like we just stated a few minutes ago, or a few seconds ago. So, witness a witness said that she saw two women climb out of Peter's car, cursing and throwing beer cans into the forest. One was bleeding. She provided the police with descriptions, and they sent out a nationwide bulletin. So, obviously, what happens is... They must have been drunk, you know, drinking and driving and gotten like a car accident and, and abandoned the car. Right. So calls came in identifying the two women. Aileen's bloody handprint on the car was matched to a thumbprint on a Daytona pawn shop card used for items belonging to Richard Mallory, the first victim. 
As the police closed in, Aileen killed three more men. When Ty heard that she and Aileen were wanted, she moved back to Pittson, Pennsylvania, to the pits, to live with her sister. Okay. She that I that is her. not yeah, but that's not smart. No. Anyway, so on January 9th, 1991, police arrested Aileen at the Last Resort, a biker bar, which Tabitha commented she came full circle. <laughs> she did. In Port Orange, Florida. The next day, Ty was located in Pittson. Two officers took her statement, but they didn't charge her with anything. Right. So the police find her, and as Marielle stated, um, they didn't charge her with anything, but then they brought her down to Florida to try to get Lee to confess to the kill Aileen, to confess right. to the killings. So then Ty turned on Lee. Yeah, so Aileen, she loved Ty, and in a letter she said, you're my left and right arm, my breath, I die for you. But if Ty had loved Lee, she didn't really show it in the end. She agreed to try and manipulate... Um, Who's Lee? Why Aileen. did Lee? Oh, that was her was nickname. Was that her nickname? I'm like, wait. Ty, Ty called her Lee. Oh, okay. I should have known that. So, um, she agreed to try and manipulate Aileen into confessing the murders for the police. Yes, and then, so what Ty does is she turns on that guilt. Over the course of three days, um, Ty and Aileen wa- uh, talked on the phone many times while police taped the conversations. Over and over, Aileen told Ty how much she loved her and missed her. Ty never once said she loved Aileen. Whew, that's brutal. Mm. What she did do was cry and carry on and say she was afraid the police were coming for her in order to get Aileen to confess to the murders. So love turns to the witness stand. (laughs) The last time Ty saw Aileen was when she testified against her in court. She did not even look Aileen in the eye and she never attempted to contact Lee, Aileen, excuse me, while she was in jail or send her any letters. Also, just a random fact, if you guys do watch the movie, um, apparently Ty is very protective of her reputation. She's Um, very private. Yeah, so the character of Ty was replaced by a fictitious character named Selby Wall, who was played by super hot Christine Ricci, who looks nothing like Ty in real life. That Um, is very true. So Ty is reputed, like we said, to be very protective of her reputation. So they kind of did that to avoid any issues. Yeah. So let's get into the case. Fun. So on the defense side, Aileen's case was tried in Volusia County, Florida. Trisha Jenkins, what a name, chief (laughs) assistant public defender of the Fifth Judicial Circuit, represented Aileen and her trial. Aileen stood trial only once, and she pled no contest or guilty to the subsequent murder charges. Private attorney Stephen Glazer. Mm. Glazer? Glazer represented her following the first trial and arranged those pleas of no contest or guilty. So then we have the prosecuting attorney, um, the DA, the district attorney at the time of the trial was state attorneys John Tanner. So Judge Uriel Blunt came out of retirement hmm. specifically to try this case. That's interesting. That is interesting. Do you know why? I don't. But yeah, so prosecutors dismissed her like initial claims that all seven murders were in self-defense, which, yes, by pointing out that her story varied with each subsequent telling. She had a very anxious and angry testimony. Um, she invoked the Fifth Amendment, I plead the Fifth, 25 
times. Literally. Almost. That is fucking insane. That's like obnoxious. It's like, unheard of. Like, have you ever watched a movie where someone does that? Like, they get on the stand and, like, and it's like great. And then literally, yeah, everything is, I plead the fifth, I plead the fifth. Doesn't that just make you look guilty? I think kind of does, yeah. That's what I think, too. But only a vast cancel. Gotta listen to them. That's true. That's true. So, three defense psychologists concluded that Warno suffered from borderline personality disorder at the time of a crime, resulting in extreme mental or emotional disturbance. They said her ability to conform or conduct to the law was impaired, and she exhibited evidence of brain damage. Yeah, so one testified her inconsistent confession should not be considered lying or changing stories in a subjective sense because of her borderline personality disorder. So the defense attempted to portray her as a woman who lived a horrible life of victim victimization and violence. I think is which is true. Yeah, it um, is. But I mean, come on, you know, life is life can be what you make it. So yeah, it doesn't make it okay for you to be a murderer. Right. So a defense attorney Jenkins referred to her client as a quote damaged primitive child, <laughs> and pleaded with the jury to spare Aileen's life. So, the judge followed the jury's recommendation of death and sentenced Warnos to the electric chair on January 31st, 1992. We hadn't even been born yet. You were about to be born. I was about to be born. 14 days later. Yep. I don't know how many days later it was for me. Too many days. Too many days to count. Shortly after. Right. Yeah. So, the final meal... Uh, this would be your final meal. I would, because I'm like, I'm going down skinny, motherfucker. Yeah, because you're a psycho. <laughs> Aileen declined the traditional last meal, which could have been anything she wanted, for under $20. What a steal. <laughs> and instead was given a cup of coffee. Okay, so her final words are just so... Insane. I can't even. So she said... I just like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus on June 6th. Nice. Like the movie, Big Mothership and all, I'll be back. So she mixed a lot of things here, I think. Yeah. She's talking about, is she talking about like the rock, like, like Dwayne the rock. Johnson? I don't think he was even really a thing yet. He wasn't well, even no, on WWE he... yet in 1992. Oh, I don't know. And then I don't. So what is the Rock? Well, well, no, because she she was executed in two thousand and two. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So maybe she was talking about the Rock. And then obviously she was talking about Independence Day with Will Smith and Jesus on June sixth. I don't know. Maybe she like read that Jesus was coming back on June sixth. And then the big mothership. That's obviously true from Independence Independence Day. Day. Um. So yeah. I wonder what Will Smith has to say about she that. She got to watch a lot of TV in prison, I guess. She probably did. <laughs> so as of um, 2000... Sorry, I was just going to say real quick before we, we talked about this. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that that's what they sentenced her to, the electric chair. Like in yeah. 92, that just seems like very primitive, right? No, I don't. I think, yeah, like this next fact that as of 2015, the only place in the world would still reserve the electric chair as an option for execution is Alabama, Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia. Arkansas and Oklahoma have laws provide for it. Use. use. Okay. <laughs> Basically, if, if you can get lethal injection if it's ever held to be unconstitutional. So, I am not surprised. All of these states. Yeah, it's are a southern. south. Exactly. Wow. And I'm, 
it's good look. It's good. a good look. It's a good look for us. I'm not surprised at all. I'm sure they still have the electric chair option. I'm not. I'm like not even. I uh, yeah. Kidding. They probably do, but like no one it's ever so like brutal. takes it. Yeah. So anyway, um, she was uh, executed by lethal injection. She was not executed from the electric chair on October 9th, two thousand and two, and that. We were talking, the movie came out so fast. It came out like a year later. I mean, obviously, they must have been, excuse me, working on it for a little while, but. Yeah, but it came out like. Like, so, so fast. fast. Yeah, and then, oh, I was reading that um, Charlize Theron won Best Actress mm-hmm. the day of Aileen Warnos' birthday. That's so weird. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Oh, maybe she will come back on a June 6th. Yeah. Also, another, like, pop culture, and I always would see this whenever, just in the past, whenever I was, like, reading about Aileen Morris, but someone made a, Nick Broomfield make a, made, like, a documentary called mm-hmm. The Selling of a Serial Killer, and it basically, like, highlighted the exploitation of Warnos by, like, those around her, like, her family, and it really right. questioned the fairness of her trial, um, you know, given the vested interests of the police. Well, yeah, especially since one of the victims, too, was, in was, fact, a police officer. He was, right? Yep. So, we're going to play you a little clip of her basically being insane. Um, the judge is saying something to her, and this was her response. Saying that I think needs to be said. I know I was raped. You weren't nothing but a bunch of stump. Therefore, these proceedings are now... Putting somebody who was raped to death Nice. Yep, so that was her yelling at the judge and saying he was a motherfucker and scum. Oh, and giving him the finger. You guys, yeah, you couldn't see it. She looked quite scary in that clip. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of like documentaries and books on her. So, and you can get them like, I think Selling of a Serial Killer is on Netflix right now, actually. So, but yeah. So what are your thoughts on this one? It's, it's. It's just, like, one of those cases, it's, like, she definitely was a product of, like, how she was raised, but mm-hmm. it still doesn't give you the excuse right. to turn around and be a murderer and yeah. lose your... She definitely needed help, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I don't think she was remorse... I mean, she said... No. Like, yeah, like, she wasn't at all. Like. Yeah, what, what did she say? She said that... She said she had to confess that she did kill these seven people but like wasn't like i'm really sorry about her or anything she's just like yeah i did it well yeah and she also said that she would kill again and that there was evil in her so that she would kill again like if she ever got out of prison so glad she uh never got out of prison true um not that we would have been in her target audience no she as... would have probably would have hit on us <laughs> <laughs> and killed our old boyfriends that's, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> but kidding. yeah. Okay, let's talk about the wine. Okay. The wine that we drank last night. So, yeah. okay, well, first of all, I will say that I really liked it. And it was so mm-hmm. weird. When I took the first sip, I tasted bacon. I kind of love that. I, like, literally, I looked at Tabitha and I was like, oh, my God, this tastes like bacon. It's probably, like, the, the mix of, like, the white pepper and the herbs of Provence and, like, yeah, all that. It, it make, gave it that, like, bacony, smoky. Right. And we used an aerator when we poured it, so I think that helped a little bit and made it very, it like. Breathe. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
what else? Oh, I was going to say there was one thing that was like, it wasn't like weird, but I was just like, well, this is interesting. There was like a lot of like, I guess like sediment kind of or like residue. Like when I would take a sip at the bottom of my glass, mm-hmm. um, like I said, it didn't really bother me, but I just, I have, you don't really see that. No, but apparently when wine that happens to wine, it, it like means something, not something bad, but yeah. Oh, and it was, I don't know if we said it was a red blend. I, we might've mentioned that we already, did. but I, literally love red blends they're the the best for the summer too yeah so yeah so it was light and it was easy to drink we we drank it like well we were sitting outside and it was lots of mosquitoes it was great um and there it was a it was a little bit hot but not really so it was okay to drink in the summer yeah it was good i liked it and i just looked up really quickly um so wine sediments and they also are called wine dregs, are just um, kind of like solid leftovers from the winemaking process. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really, it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just there. Okay. But anyways, I enjoyed it, obviously. Yeah. Um, The price was amaze. Oh, yeah. How much was it? Like $17.97? Why did I think it was $17? We got it at Safeway. Giant. Giant. We got it at Giant. It I I I liked it a lot. It was really like very easy to drink. What did we eat last night? We had some pasta with sauce. Mike sauce. My Mike's dad's gravy. sauce. His gravy. Gravy and, and macaroni. Yep. And um, Weight Watchers friendly. And I. <laughs> it was it went really well with that. I can imagine it going really well with lots yeah. of things. Yeah. And I really really liked it. If I saw it again, I'd pick it up. The label was cool. Um, we picked it because of the, what looks like a gunshot on the label. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so the, the appearance name, was interesting. Yeah, Aileen was definitely a troublemaker. Yeah, for she sure. liked her guns. She, yes, she did. I can't decide, though, what I want to give it. I'm, I'm like, feeling the same thing. Because it wasn't like, didn't it wasn't, blow me yeah. out of the water, but it was still really good. It didn't knock my socks off. It didn't shoot me in the stomach and leave me for dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Um, I think I'm going to give it a misdemeanor. I think I am too. Because, yeah, I didn't like, I wasn't like, whoa. Yeah. So on our Wicked Wine-O-Meter, Wicked Wine-O-Meter, um, we are going to give this a misdemeanor. So it's pretty damn good. And it's pretty exciting. It's almost as exciting as watching one of your best friends get a drinking ticket and give a police officer false ID one month before her 21st birthday. Just in case you guys needed a refresher on a misdemeanor. Um, yeah, so that was it. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a, so a little bit. This is a good palate cleanser too from Casey Anthony. Yeah, yeah, and this is sad, tragic too. It's like I don't know. It's so crazy. People's lives can just go in this direction yeah, and it can be like feel so real desperate. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so Ty, obviously, like we said, she's moved on, and um, you don't hear from her right at all nowadays and like i don't know anything or we don't excuse me oh yawning sorry you're making me yawn oh, we didn't have wine this episode Ugh, you're right we won't fuck up next time guys. no we promise um but we don't really know much of whatever happened to her grandparents or her parents well we know that her dad killed himself but mm-hmm. um like her mom or anything you just don't know but yeah, this was um, a good, quick and quick and easy. Yeah. As Aileen would have probably liked it. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And um, please leave a comment on Instagram or uh, leave a review, on, leave Apple a review on Apple Podcasts, please. And let us know what you think. Let us know if you watch the movie, the monster movie. Yeah. And let us know if Marielle and I should be alien and tie for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Bye. Have a wonderful night.